This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that rockets through history at the speed of one day per day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking back at the time when an unknown astronaut grabbed a camera and gave mankind a whole new perspective on the blue marble we call home. The day was December 7th, 1972. Five hours after launching from the Kennedy Space Center, the crew aboard the Apollo 17 spacecraft captured a rare image of the Earth in its entirety. The photo's official designation in the NASA archives is AS17-148-22727. But most of us know it better as the blue marble shot. The iconic picture shows a fully illuminated view of the globe, extending from the Mediterranean Sea to the South Polar Ice Cap. To be clear, the blue marble wasn't the first photo of the whole Earth. Unmanned satellites had taken similar pictures as early as 1967. It was, however, the first such image seen by the public, and the only photo of the whole sunlit planet ever taken by a human being. NASA released the image on December 23rd, four days after the crew had safely returned from the moon and splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. The photo was printed on the front page of just about every newspaper in the world, and the rapidly growing environmental movement of the 1970s quickly adopted it as the symbol of global awareness. Because the taxpayer-funded image was in the public domain from the start, it has since appeared on everything from postage stamps and t-shirts to billboards and car commercials. To this day, it remains the most requested picture in the NASA archives, and it's believed to be one of the most widely reproduced and distributed photos ever taken. And yet, half a century later, we still don't know who actually took it. There are only three candidates, and they are, of course, the three men aboard the rocket. Eugene Cernan, the commander of Apollo 17, Harrison Jack Schmidt, the lunar module pilot, and Ron Evans, the command module pilot. NASA policy is to attribute the crew as a whole for all mission photography, except in rare cases when credit is indisputable, such as when the only two astronauts on the moon take photos of each other. The prevailing theory, based on analysis of the NASA transcripts and mission logs, is that Harrison Schmidt was likely the true photographer. If you're wondering why the crew didn't confirm which of them took the picture, the answer is that they couldn't agree. At various times over the years, all three of them claimed to have snapped the blue marble. Regardless of who took the photo, it was a one-in-a-million shot that easily could have been missed. Most of the astronauts who flew lunar missions never saw a full Earth, and all the photos they took showed the planet at least partly in shadow, such as the famous Earthrise shot of 1968. Getting a clear shot of the full globe was difficult for a couple reasons. First of all, 
the crew would have to be going somewhere at least 20,000 miles away from the Earth, like to the moon, for instance. Only then would they be far enough back to see the whole planet. But even when a crew was at the right distance, the only time they could snap a photo of the complete Earth unobscured was when passing through a precise position between the Earth and the Sun. Outside of that sweet spot, the planet would always be at least partially in shadow. It's a narrow enough window to easily miss, especially when traveling in a spacecraft at thousands of miles an hour. The blue marble was also a lucky shot from a mission perspective. Like every other aspect of the Apollo missions, photo sessions were meticulously planned and scheduled. Weight considerations limited the amount of cameras and film that could be brought aboard, meaning that each individual shot had to be planned in advance. However, the blue marble shot was not part of that plan. The timestamp on the photo doesn't line up with any of the approved shots on the schedule. That's because at a little over five hours into their flight, one of the crewmen looked out the window and just couldn't help but take a picture. What he saw was so striking that he immediately reached for the only 70mm camera that wasn't stowed away and took four pictures, each about a minute apart. The sequential shots were necessary to ensure he got the full planet in frame, as there was no viewfinder on the camera. As a result of trying different aims, the famous photo, which was the second in the series, was actually taken while the camera was upside down. The resulting photo showed Antarctica at the top of the globe, though the image is typically inverted right side up when reproduced. And before you blame the photographer for being sloppy, remember that he was weightless at the time and could very well have been upside down himself. Whoever took the shot didn't say anything about it to his crewmates or on the radio, possibly because they weren't sure if they had gotten the full planet in frame and didn't want to get anyone's hopes up. Twelve days later, the Apollo 17 landed safely back on Earth, and the film was processed in a photo lab at the Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. The film technician who developed the photo knew the crew had captured something special, a view of the Earth as few had ever seen it before. Apollo 17 was the final mission of the Apollo program. It was also the last time to date that a human traveled far enough into space to view the complete Earth at once. In the time since our last trip to the moon, plenty of impressive photos similar to the blue marble have been taken. However, they've all been captured by satellites and most are composites assembled from different images in order to depict a globe with ideal weather. As a result, the original photo from 1972 still holds deep significance as the only full view of the Earth with a human eye behind the lens. In that way, it doesn't really matter who snapped the photo. The important thing is that we have it, a breathtaking reminder that when faced with the blue marble, we and our differences and all the things that pull us apart are so much smaller than we fear. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know by leaving the show a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And you can write directly to me at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.